0: Welcome back to This Week at Windsor. Arden Beach, your host with Dr. J, Jonathan Hoffman. Good evening. Great to have you back, Arden. Oh, I did miss out last week. I was down at the snow busting my tailbone. I thought that'd be a good uh, good use of my time. Did you literally bust your tailbone? I don't know if it's broken. I've been told by several women now that that's probably the best course of action to go and, go and get it checked out. I have not. And now I'm just sitting very gingerly on the edge of your couch.
1: I thought you were just eager to hear what I had to say. <laughs> It's get, day by day. It's getting better. Well, we definitely missed you last week. I can say that you have a great skill that I'm not quite up to. But we're so glad to have you back. And I
0: missed out on some big news last week too. With um, Tim and Tim and Haley saying they're off, they're they're leaving. They're heading home.
1: That's right. Yeah, we broke some news last week. I don't know if that was the cause of the rise in subscribers. But you know, <laughs> we're we're trying to grow something here. But now, on a serious note, uh, Tim and Haley are going to be leaving very beginning of august so we're sad to see them go their final sunday here is going to be the 31st of july sorry they can come back whenever they want but uh, their last sunday here um as a part of this this stint is going to be the 31st of july so we encourage anyone who's around to come and uh, celebrate and give thanks uh for what the lord's done while they've been here
0: hmm. hard, hard to see them go but i get the impression now they'll, they'll be doing great things wherever they are
1: yeah, it's really cool. They're heading back up to Grafton, which is where they're from, where they came from before here. And I asked him about it. I said, so you're going back. Like, it's not easy to go back. I said, what prompted that? He said that he and Haley had been praying fervently about that. And there was a minister from not even a Baptist church, but one of the Prezi churches up in Grafton came down and visited them in Morling and said, we really need pastors ministers shepherds to come back up to the northern rivers area and so tim took that as confirmation and they talked about it prayed some more and so they're going full of faith and expecting great things yeah cool
0: we're also recovering from the floods over the last week or so um i I suppose most people here would know it's kind of the programs and stuff we as a church run
1: we have had the fourth flood that has been a massive event i think in the last 18 months maybe maybe two years In a flood like this, uh, we realize that certain people have been devastated. Again, other people were merely inconvenienced, but we want to provide as best we can the support that our community needs. So you don't have to be a Christian to access the support that we have. Um, We're not, uh, you know, we have limits to our resources, but we're happy to shell out and to support and to give what we have. So our emergency relief ministry here is run by a gentleman named Alan Bovang. And if you contact the church, you can just ask for Allen and emergency relief. Uh, Also online, there's a form, a flood relief form that people can fill out. And that works well if you want to receive help or if you want to offer some things that you might have to give. So we encourage anyone who's affected to contact us and we'll do the best we can to resource you. We want to be that beacon. In the Hawkesbury, just to show that there is a God who cares about them, and that He's doing things, He's active, He's changing people's lives, and that's why we're all excited about Jesus. I'm excited because we're having some missionaries come, and yeah, you're spe- a f- special guest, special guests. We just keep stacking them up. Pretty soon, every guest is spe- <laughs> every guest is a special guest. But I was reminded that you're a missionary kid as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. Grew up I th- uh, it was like seven or so years in in Bolivia, yeah, with mom and dad.
1: Yeah. Wow. I would love to unpack sometime how that impacted you in your, your life. But can you think of maybe sort of one, or one story that stands out to you from being a missionary kid that you thought, man, no one else is going to get this, but I experienced this.
0: I guess the big one when you first arrive is that the, the sewers don't work. The sewage system doesn't work. So when, when, you, when you wipe, okay. there's a little bin next to the toilet that that goes into, that paper goes into. That is a shock. Wow. When you first start, it is again a shock when you come back here and realize you no longer have to do that. What do you do with it when you don't have a bin next to it? So I would used to put mine in my pocket. No, no. <laughs> that <laughs> explains yeah. so much about your social life. Aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> no, but that, that was probably the biggest shock yeah, to, to begin with and then there were many, many more to come. All right. Well, the Parry family's back from PNG, serving over there on the mission field, and we're fortunate enough to have Dave and Robin here with us this evening. Hi, guys. Hey. Hey. Great to have you back in Australia.
2: Good it's- to be back.
0: How how long have you been in PNG now? All up?
2: It's been twelve years as missionaries over there. I grew up over there, so for me, it's closer to twenty eight years.
0: And you're with—is it New Tribes over there? Yeah,
2: New Tribes mission. What are your
0: roles over there? What are you actually doing over there?
3: Um, I'm the purchasing manager, so P&G, as far as infrastructure goes, does not have a lot. It's They say it's about 30 years behind the rest of the world, so when you're looking at getting products for house building or just your everyday products, it's not always easy. Um, you kind of snap it up at the store. If, when it's there, you get it. <laughs> you grab it. So we actually have our own little hardware store as well as our own kind of... Um, everyday supermarket on our base because we have about how many missionaries 400
2: missionaries on the field at any given time
3: so people that we need to be able to support and we because we can't rely on what png has i actually import um, shipping containers from the u.s um, and from some of the port cities in papua new guinea like lay where they get a lot of stuff into country but it doesn't always make it up to the highlands where we are
2: yeah, and then I I'm the um, a bit of everything, but right now I am the manager of our tech services department. So, any major technical projects, building houses, fixing generators, um, we have to run our own water systems because the again the infrastructure in PNG doesn't really support that. My team will take care of those. Yeah,
0: do you call Australia home or is PNG home?
2: No, Australia still home. Australia still home. Um, Best thing about coming home. PNG is a stressful country to live in, um, so. It'd be a toss-up between family and seeing family and friends. That's always nice and refreshing. That's one thing we really miss. And then just the, I guess, stress-free environment we live here in Australia. Uh, Robin can't go anywhere without a, a male present. Yep. And so I go everywhere with her, basically. If she wants to go to the shops, i got to go. and um, And you're always kind of keeping an eye out for things that could happen. And so it's nice to be here and... And she spent the day out today with her sister and I didn't have to worry about her. So, yeah, those those would be the two top, top things.
0: How do the kids go? As an MK myself, I remember it being so tough coming home to Australia. They would, I imagine, would be used to kind of a small, close-knit community. You come back to schools here that are often just massive... Um, It's difficult to fit in, it's difficult to to find sort of common ground with your peers because your life so far has been so incredibly different. How did did the kids go?
3: We have said um, the way we do our home assignments is a little different. So because of that very thing um, early on, we had decided being so close to Australia that we wanted to come home more regularly for just a shorter period of time. So coming home for just a couple of months, it ends up being more like a holiday for the kids. Um, Papua New Guinea is definitely their home. Um, That's where they're comfortable and have friends. But we've got some really close friends here and having kept, because we're coming home regularly, the kids are kind of keeping those friendships and that has made a huge difference. Like it's just neat to see them, be able to see them come back and reconnect with those friends and having those relationships. Whereas I'm an MK as well from the Philippines and growing up, we had five year terms. Well, when you're eleven and then you come back and you're sixteen, you do not reconnect with those friendships. It's like you're complete stranger so um, well, and
2: I think that's the big reason we chose to one of the big reasons to go to the every year thing you know it is also it's always tough the life you have in New Guinea or Bolivia or wherever is very different to anything you have back here, and it is hard for the kids to kind of and us as adults but to explain that to people who've never been there or done that and you know to understand it's so different i think one of the things you learn as an mk is how to how to understand culture and you learn very quickly how to assimilate into other cultures where other other kids may not do that so well if you spent all your life in the one culture moving to another country's really hard yeah
0: and i i, I don't know if, i don't think you can underestimate the incredible blessing it is to
2: have a broader world view than yeah than, than the majority of folks yeah. would ever get to have i think people often think that um an mk's mk's make sacrifices to do what they're you know to be there and, and i think th- there's definitely that and the sacrifice would be family and and that I think we as adults make the sacrifice our kids actually learn to love and appreciate what where they're at and um it becomes home to them and I think that for for a, for Christian parents we look at what our kids get and having Christian teachers and Christian friends and Christian it is a bubble and and there's a risk where you live in a bubble that yeah. when you get out of that bubble you get swallowed up by the rest of the world the other side of that is the um, the foundations, the foundations they get, yeah, the teaching they get and the the quality Christian um, relationships they have, I think, makes, makes it all worth it.
0: I tried to convince my girls we had a tough life growing up, saying that we slept on straw mattresses, <laughs> that's, that kind of thing, none of the toilets worked, all that sort of stuff, but... Made the mistake of letting him know that we also had a maid. I mean, <laughs> and then my brother reminded me at one point we actually had two maids. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. life was pretty good. Yeah. yeah.
2: And what's what's God doing in PNG? So COVID, we were a little worried that COVID would be kind of a, a big, I uh, don't know, brick wall and stop everything from moving forward. But we've... We've been blown away at what the Lord's doing. We've seen churches planted, we've seen people come to know the Lord. Um Robin and I worked in a tribe called Amdu where um they're right out on the border of Indonesia and PNG. Very tough place to to be. Um they have believers in there now and that's all happened through COVID. Um there's there's maybe 20 believers, a small church forming. Um, they're excited. They're over the moon. They're telling everybody about it. You know, trying to encourage their their fellow tribesmen who are still resistant to it. Um, we're seeing that in other areas too, where churches are starting to form and Christians are standing up and and um, making a stand for the Lord. So it's been tough. Uh, I thought PNG would have a COVID would have a bigger effect on it. But I think the reality is in Papua New Guinea, there's so many things that can kill you. COVID was just one more <laughs> one more thing. And even as far as how the country reacted to it, um, the government, how they reacted was more like the rest of the world. But the people were like, well, if that doesn't kill us, that will. So mm. why should we be worried? What are you going
3: to do? As a mission, I think, what, what's our goal? About three church plants a year. Yeah, three and new church three plants. Three new church plants. And that takes um, the goal, and it doesn't always happen, but the aim is to have three um, units, which could be two singles, a couple, or a family. So three units that can go and move into a tribe and then set up, like, live there. And the reason behind that is because at any point it's we prefer to have two units in there together and if you have a third when that third you can start juggling home assignments somebody goes home there's two left they come back the next person goes home there's always two units in the tribe
2: there's sickness there's it doesn't always
3: work that way but um i think the and so when if you think about it that's nine units nine missionary families who have given up their lives and come over and that did not slow down over yeah. the past few years. So it's just been neat to see the Lord continues to work. In Same fact, I think we've had probably an increase of new people coming through and going through the dif- and it, through the program and stuff. So it's just been really neat to see the Lord continuing to work. Um, I don't know how many open works we have. I don't know if you have the statistics.
2: There's around them. 30 open works. But I mean, when you look at Papua New Guinea, you know, saying nine, nine, missionaries going into or three new tribes starting every year there's over 860 languages in Papua New Guinea and we haven't even scratched the surface so um, where we were in Amdu the Mian people which were right close to us could not communicate with the Amdu people and so um,
3: you can't go to the Amdu give them the Bible and the translation of the church and then expect them to go to the Mian to go to the Mian, Mian people yeah they just don't have the um, resources that we have as western missionaries to do that so what we've found is they're they're better at reaching their own people if it's the same language group but as soon as you go outside of that language group that's, that's where they struggle yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah are there, what are the cultural sensitivities in taking the gospel into the tribes i mean centuries past it was there was kind of more of this imperialistic push mm. of you do it the white man's way and, and that's how we, we get it done how, how without changing the message how is it tailored to to reach tribal folk
2: yeah so one of the things new transmission is very um strong on is we want to go in learn their language learn their culture because there is aspects of their culture that definitely need to change it doesn't fit in the bible it doesn't work you know taking um, one of your twins and leaving him under a tree to die because one of is going to be evil yep. and one will be good is not exactly biblical or or ethical. <laughs> so so there's definitely elements of the culture that we have to work towards changing. Although we don't want to change those things. We want the scriptures to do it. We want the Lord to make those changes. So there's definitely challenges with that with the cultural aspect of things. I
3: think the biggest thing has been um teaching them the scriptures and then allowing them to come to the conclusions of what's okay and what's not within the boundaries of their culture based on scripture and as their walk so you'll see i mean lots of things won't necessarily change right away they become believers but they still beat their wives you know and it's not until you start teaching about love and um all those different things that then they can start going hang on the bible is saying this I beat my wife or my wife beats my kids. So what does that mean? So it starts to be, it's them questioning the things that aren't right um, in the Lord's eyes in their culture. It's not us going in and changing their culture. Unfortunately, like you said in the past, and PNG is an extremely um, missionized country, if you want to say that but what's happened is they've incorporated some of those it becomes those rituals into their animistic beliefs and it just becomes a mishmash of
2: i would say it's not on. even the past there is organizations missions um or churches let's call it that in Papua New Guinea that are still pushing very hard to almost do the the colonial style you know You've got to wear the right clothes. You've got to say the right things. You've, you know, um, works is a very big thing in Papua New Guinea, and so the, uh, you know, appeasing the spirits. doing
3: sp- what you do to is your way to get into. Yeah. So
2: that. you want to keep the spirits happy. So you do the the things that you do to keep the spirits of your ancestors happy. Well, then if if I were to go in there and say now you have to keep God happy, you have to do the following things: your house to be house has to be kept tidy. You got to go to church on Sunday. You got to wear a tie to church, all these things. It actually fits the culture really well because they then just take the the rituals that they did for their their spirits of their ancestors and switch over to these rituals that appease God. And how much longer are you around for? When do you head back? We head back on the 27th. Next Wednesday. Yeah, next Wednesday. So um it's. It was only an eight week, eight week round trip, um, but it works best with our ministries over there to be away as short as we can, yeah. and um, keeps the kids in school. Otherwise, we'd have to homeschool them. Yeah.
0: And who wants to do that?
2: Not me. Well, you don't want me homeschooling, that's for sure.
0: <laughs> well, if we haven't been <laughs> shut down in a year from bad online reviews, we might catch up again then. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> thanks for joining Enjoy. us. Thanks no, for thanks having for having us.
2: us. So,
1: We just want to give people some information on how they can support the Perrys. One of the best ways I've been told you can support a missionary is just to be in communication with them and to encourage them to be aware of what's going on. Obviously, financial support is important as well. You can contact David at David underscore Perry. That's P-A-R-R-Y at N T M P N G. Dot org. That's short for New Tribes Mission png.org So once again, David underscore Perry at ntmpng.org.
0: Yeah, if you want to just drop them a line or you know if you feel led to support them financially, even that would be um fantastic. I'm sure they'd appreciate it. But they've probably got some kind of big mailing list you could go on so you get regular updates from them and stuff. And yeah, it was good catching up with them. Well, thanks for another uh, for another week. Did you have fun, Dr. J?
1: Always fun. Always a pleasure,
0: riding. Thanks once again for coming along for the ride for this week at Windsor. We will do it all again next week.